Yo, what's up? My name is Clarence. And I'm DJ Nuna. And you're listening to Up in the Air. A podcast on our thoughts, moods, and experiences on the personal, political, and cultural world around us. Come float with us. Hey, Happy New Year. Thank you so much for tuning in to our first episode of the year. I can't believe we've turned a corner around 2020. And hopefully you've been able to get some rest this holiday break. Maybe found some time to recalibrate, binge a few shows, eat something smacking, whatever it might be in your self-care routine. You deserve it. Jubilee and I wanted to say that we're incredibly grateful for your support since we relaunched the show last year. It's been such a fun ride and we're excited to keep pumping out more episodes with more guests, hopefully dropping some merch, and of course, floating with you all. This week, we're joined by two very special friends of the pod, Gabby and Spencer. We've had the pleasure of meeting Gabby and Spencer last summer as we started working with Arts Entertainment, otherwise known as A&E. Gabby is the marketing coordinator at A&E, a business major, film nerd, and she got mad moves for days, which you can see for yourself on her Instagram. Sorry for putting you on blast. Spencer, on the other hand, is the director of A&E, studying sociology, and he's also the manager of the crazy talented band IU, which is spelled I slash 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 U. It was so fun to start off the year with these two, discussing any memories, our favorite films, music, and everything in between. We hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to Up in the Air. Uh, my name is Jubilee, and I'm here with my co-host Clarence, and we have some really special guests. Um, we have some friends of Arts and Entertainment, our friends Gabby and Spencer. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for your time. And yeah, today we want to talk about the projects that we've done as a team for A&E, um, things that we hope to do in the future, and also involvement in other um, arts and entertainment outside of um, the organization. Um, so yeah, maybe Gabby, can you start us off with introducing yourself, maybe your role in A&E, and mm-hmm. maybe one thing that you're really passionate about? Okay. Um First of all, thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. My name is Gabby. I use she, her pronouns. I am A&E's marketing coordinator. And one thing I'm really passionate about is movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Yes. How about you, Spencer? Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in and to Jubilee and Clarence for running this podcast this whole year and getting us through what was 2020. So I want to welcome everybody to the new year. Uh, my name is Spencer Rex. I'm the director of arts and entertainment um, this year, this academic year. Uh, I'm really passionate about bringing people together. And that means it's taken the form of online, but hopefully in the future, in the not so distant future, we'll be able to do that in person again. So yeah, I love to bring people together. I use he, him pronouns. That's great. No, yeah, we've definitely as a team experienced um, a lot of challenges with the pandemic happening on, you know, engaging with our community, but we've been able to have some really great events um, with lots of engagement, lots of new faces. And yeah, just for people that don't know, um, I was serving or I'm serving as the multimedia designer. Um, I'm ending my term a little short this year um, for others for a different job that (laughs) Um, was recent news but I've been really well supported by the team and so we're just really excited to be all together and kind of share the behind the scenes but Clarence what do you do for A&E? 
That's a good question. I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm the program coordinator, so I work really closely with Spencer, kind of uh, curating the programming for our events. And then, you know, Jubilee and Gabby, you guys are on the more marketing side and creating all these beautiful assets, um, posters and stuff. So yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. I feel like we've done so much, like we've done a year's worth of, you know, events um, in just a quarter, you know, compared to past years and um, Gabby and Spencer for you too. How do you feel like that transition doing online programming versus kind of like going in person? Like what's different? What do you miss about it? And then what's, what's new, Gabby? Um, yeah, it was definitely a challenge. I think for all of us, considering you know it was hard to like navigate just like the virtual landscape of everything, and you know like Spencer was saying about like bringing people together, it's so much more difficult to do so online. Um, but I'd like to think that we came up with some pretty creative ways to do so. What do you think, Spencer? Yes, uh, similar. Yep, and I'm reminded that as much as like we tackled this quarter all together and everything. We we have known each other for a lot longer than that because we started basically midway through the summer. So it's almost been like half a year of knowing y'all. So that, I know a quarter feels quick. Those 10 weeks go by fast, but all the, the pre-planning we did and getting to know each other and the new team dynamic and everything, um, I think has contributed to being able to have had such a successful programming quarter. Um, I would agree. I think one of the biggest challenges we've been facing is how music specifically translates to the, the online sphere. Um, and because for me, like what I'm missing most is that collective effervescence of being in a crowd and with people at a concert and seeing something that you know nobody else in the world is getting a chance to uh, experience right there. Um, and just sort of the, the immediate bonds that you can make with the people around you. If everybody is a fan of a certain artist, that's like so hard to replicate um without being there sort of in that moment um surrounded by all the, the the sound the lights the cool outfits everything that whole experience is just really hard to bring and sort of package online but i think we've been doing really creative things and finding ways to uh, at least supplement for some of it oh yeah for sure and just to preface for listeners that aren't familiar with arts and entertainment so Basically, yeah, we work in a small team of four. We have our advisors, shout out to Trevor, um, that we work under. And we work to bring all the programming related to arts and entertainment onto campus. And so prior to being completely remote and before the pandemic, we had our friends like Ibrahima, Sabrina, Carmen, and Jacques um, brought in uh, Jabuki, Sango, they had Kinjas last year, which is really great, Johnny Sun, um, which were some really amazing events that honestly, that brought me closer to wanting to be part of arts and entertainment. And this year we got the super lucky opportunity to completely do virtual entertainment and bring, we brought a lot of people, like we had uh, No Name, Zach Fox, Phoebe Bridgers, Lauren Tsai, Saul, Sorry. Who else are we? Chloe Feynman. <laughs> Chloe Feynman. Um, she's been popping on SNL. We had Patrice Colors, and we also had our friend Aiden come on for a illustration event. So we we definitely packed in so many amazing things just in a, a single quarter, honestly. So yeah, for sure. And I think Spencer definitely what you said about music and trying to 
replicate that virtually is super hard. And we even talked at a meeting recently about live music and how it's uh, an industry that's really at risk, especially for local venues. Um, since Seattle has so many iconic small venues that are running out of business because it's it's tough. There's no more performances happening right now. But yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. That's I remember also. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Phoebe set that bar high, though. I was going to just follow up about that point. Like, we've investigated going back to music, but the set and the experience and uh, working with Phoebe Bridgers, I think, is something that, you know, looking back right now at the end of this quarter, we're, we're all really proud about. But even, you know, expecting to be fully online for the rest of our um, term here serving on A&E is like, she just killed it right out of the gate for Mm -hmm. dog days before we'd even had a day of class so it's hard to follow that up but we will we'll keep looking for that yeah she really did knock out the park I feel like every performance she's done whether it's on late night or you know like wherever or whatever um it's always been super creative and she's putting everything into it so that was really awesome she had to a see. funny also, tweet uh yeah. this week that was like the only thing worse than touring is not touring which I thought mm -hmm. was pretty clever <laughs> <laughs> artist relationship of like being on the road and being away but then when you when that's taken away it's like well I don't want to be here all the time I miss my fans and that sort of experience we were talking about earlier yeah, yeah you said that um, you went to a concert like right before the pandemic started right the lockdown yes it was two days prior to the governor's order of um I think he he shut down any event that had over 50 people and mm -hmm. Uh, the Strokes on March 9th had, I think, seven or 8,000 people. So it was, wow. that was pretty wild. Yeah, yeah. Man, it's crazy how fast all that stuff happened, like how mm -hmm. it all went downhill. <laughs> it was the NBA school concerts all within about like four or five days, I want to say. It, it really rolled out quickly. Yeah. For Clarence and I, our professors chose to completely just cancel the rest of the quarter for us and we were just given a complete and that happened so like I think just yeah a week difference that life was completely different so no yeah. I'm kind of jealous I wish my accounting professor did that <laughs> yeah we were surprised but I'm curious for the rest of the team what was your last live um concert that you attended for the pandemic Damn, I don't even know if I can remember the last live concert, but I, I do, <laughs> I do know that like the weekend that school shut down, I went to San Francisco mm -hmm. to visit my brother for his birthday, and like we went out, you know, for like two nights in a row, and that was like the last. Damn, kind of I remember that. And I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe I did that. <laughs> like, it's like absurd because you know like going to a crowd now it's like it's almost taboo you know like it's, it just feels yeah. so weird and so like yeah. doing that and then like the next day them telling us that we shouldn't be in crowds and stuff like that like it was wild but mm -hmm. yeah you, you remember your last concert okay I don't remember my last concert but definitely like the hardest thing for me was canceling my amc um movie subscription because like oh. i had that thing the subscription you pay monthly so you could like watch three new movies every week and i would literally like maximize that um <laughs> so it was so hard because like i love being in the cinema and i love being surrounded by people um so like just 
stopping like doing that from like weekly thing to just like being at home and like just watching trying to watch new movies on Netflix it was it was kind of sad I feel like but um it, it is what it is it's just Gabby I have a question for you your experience being from LA and and sort of at least from what I've heard from friends that are there um about movie culture and sort of that was something throughout middle school and high school that people like went out and did together and I found it just has not really been like that in my life or my friends in Olympia or Seattle do you see a very like stark difference between Seattle and LA movie culture especially like going out to the theaters um yeah definitely because it is la la land so it's understandable why the people here are so much more of a you know, like cinephiles than the people in Seattle. I could, it isn't as stark, I'd say, because whenever I'd go to the cinemas, it's it's still pretty crowded every now and then, especially for the big movies. Um, but I mean, just like based on the people I know from UW, like I haven't like met as much people um, who are as avid movie watchers or like movie goers as I am maybe, but um, yeah. I hope that answers your question. Wait, are you the type, like, have you gone and just watched the movie on your own? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, yeah, I love I just that. Watch myself. I really yeah. love that I did that. Well, I've never done that, actually. I was going to say more often, but I've never done that. Wait, but... would, you, would you say that that's, like, self-care? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Especially if, like, the movie feels super personal to you. Because um, it is something that I definitely enjoy, you know, watching with other people. Like I have my best friend who I always invite with me to watch every week mm-hmm. if ever she's free, but sometimes people aren't. I like to go by myself and just like, you know, watch by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. <laughs> is there like an iconic film that you've watched in theater that sticks out to you compared to the rest? Oh, Endgame Part 2. Avengers Endgame I feel like I mean the cinema I don't know if you guys watched when it was like opening night but um I actually did not which I was super sad about Mm because I was like waiting for my friend to come down to Seattle and like watch with me but um yeah I watched it I ended up watching like like a week late but the cinema was still super packed and just like Mm -hmm. the energy of everyone it's just like such an amazing thing to just like personally connect with the movie and especially for you know this Marvel Cinematic Universe as iconic as they are like having gone through all the movies and just like having that finale it was just an amazing like, experience every every few months they see that clip of like when all the people come at the end when they're mm-hmm. like and then yeah. like, you're like people cheering stuff like, yeah all the time because i'm like mm-hmm. hopefully 2020 will turn around like we're all just at the end like yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i miss that feeling honestly have yeah. you ever been to a premiere no i have not oh, soon one day. I want to. We'll get there for sure. Hopefully. I think I, I saw Endgame the day it came out, I want to say. Mm. I can't remember. <laughs> I just remember people like like in the theaters like cheering but also like crying and like I had friends who are a lot bigger fans of the Marvel you know movies than I am but yeah they're just like in shambles. <laughs> watching okay it. okay crying crying <laughs> for a superhero movie. We gotta contain ourselves Wait, a little I, bit. Okay, there. this cheering. Let's, okay, let's talk about this a little bit. So, I remember. Well, first of all, I would like to preface before bringing it up that I can't believe that this happened. You know, in the same year, but you know, Chadwick Boseman passed away um, this summer, which was so tragic, and he was such 
an amazing person, both on screen, but also off screen. And I honestly still can't believe that that happened. Um, was it in July? Was it in August? I think. Um, but I remember at Arts and Entertainment during a volunteer meeting, we talked about, yeah, kind of like superhero films, be, like in the space of um, like getting nominated for awards. And I know Spencer, you were like, hold up, like crying during a superhero movie. But what's your <laughs> thoughts on like that genre of superhero films in comparison to other noteworthy films or whatever that means? Like, what do you think? Well, maybe we can first talk about what does what makes a film good or like no notable or award worthy is the word I was looking for. Yeah. I always want to be thinking about something, uh, a moral or a message or a meaning after the fact when I'm leaving. You know that that feeling of just like when you walk down the stairs, those lighted stairs, they're the carpeted stairs when you're coming down and you're like, Feeling. whoa. And it's just, everybody's just sort of like, sort of marinating in that, just like, that was so insane. And I, I almost never get that from, uh, you know, a, a superhero movie, but there are exceptions every once in a while. It doesn't really, there's not a huge takeaway. That's, that doesn't make them inherently bad. I still go watch them and like many other people in America that love them, uh, I, I'm one of those people, but I don't think it makes them absolutely like incredible movies. That's why I was just a little bit like, oh, it's interesting that people cried. Now I can imagine you are very invested if you've seen all 25 films or whatever that they put out. And I think Marvel did it in a very interesting way to sort of connect all those storylines, even though I think at the beginning they didn't even know they're going to do that. But then once they got the the head of steam and they all brought it all together. But yeah, that's, that's that moment that makes it worthwhile for me is right after when you just have something more to think about or the first thing you want to go do is go watch a ton of videos um, and read about you know the ending explained and like here's all the little easter eggs you missed and everything like that oh yeah i i remember reading i forgot uh who said this it was a director he did the robert de niro movie gosh martin so scorsese yes. is it when he said marvel their theme park movies I mean, yeah, that and like you were just saying that they're not even considered, like you can't consider them mm -hmm. filmed, you know? Um, Gabby, do you have thoughts on that? Yeah, okay. I mean, I respect his opinion. He is a well-acclaimed <laughs> director, but I, I don't know. Personally, I try not to take the highbrow approach when it comes to just like talking about cinema because mm -hmm. um, these films, especially, okay, not all films are meant to be for mass appeal. Some of them like art house, art house films, for example, like the ones A24 makes do target like just specific niches. Mm -hmm. um, and that's totally fine. I think um, it is like a personal experience too and whatever whatever floats your boat, I guess. Um, if you like a certain movie, then you like it. If you don't, you don't. And that's okay, you know? Mm -hmm. We love when people aren't like, I don't, I've definitely met some film nuts that are, I, the, they do take like the highbrow approach, but it, it just kind of echoes that taste is so subjective. And um, mm -hmm. like, I think during the A&E meeting, we talked about Black Panther because that had been nominated for, I think best picture and it had won best costume. Um, but we were just talking about yeah, like the superhero films in those spaces. But yeah, once again, like for me and a lot of other folks, like when we watch Black Panther, 
like I did have that feeling you know down the steps like wow that was so there's so much meaning behind it between behind the characters and the character development throughout and I think the correlation from Wakanda and the states was like just really beautiful um but yeah I think it's interesting how like what's considered good is determined by certain or like people with higher higher value in their taste I guess because that's that's ultimately what these award shows are kind of in my opinion yeah but mm -hmm. unfortunately um his (laughs) final performance I just watched uh Marini's Black Bottom and he was yeah award award worthy it's really crazy because you know now that we know you know that he was struggling this whole time it's like it makes it even I have even more respect I always have loved him I feel like he never misses but it's like you're going through stage four cancer and he he's pulling off all these dance moves and he's just like yeah. it's incredible um so if you guys have a chance to watch that it's uh, that. a really yeah. great period piece august wilson great dialogue yeah what do you think clarence yeah it was it was insane his his uh monologues that he was doing was crazy it's also uh it was produced by denzel right and i think he adapted an, another uh play of august screens it's or- uh fen- fences right he 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 every time it go uh the august wilson plays go to screen i think denzel's typically involved yeah yeah you guys should check it out definitely it was really great also Vi- viola davis is mm. incredible and i say it's over give it to her now yeah she can continue to top herself you know what i mean like you think someone's giving their best work and they just yeah, a wild role. So many roles, honestly. <laughs> I'm um, curious. Oh, wait, Clarence, go ahead. I, I just wanted to ask if you guys have like a favorite actor or actress where you're like, I don't care what the movie's about. I just, you're in it. I'm there, and I, I want to see it. <laughs> Gabby. Hmm. Let me think about this one. Right, I don't right, know. Right, come on. <laughs> huh? That was hard. Spencer, do you have anyone? Margot Robbie. Mm, that's a good one. Uh, she's great for many for many reasons. I would say uh, a little bit more on the real, Sarsha Ronan for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Phil Seahoff, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, mm. R.I.P. I've been going back through a lot of his his catalog, and I think now. I would just like, I like, there's many that I missed that I would like to get back to. I think he's incredible. Okay. I'd say Denzel Washington. Definitely. I'm very into action movies. Um, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> Don't judge me. Hey, we all get one cheat. <laughs> and he's also very talented. He's also very talented. It's okay. It's okay, Gabby. No shame. I know? did watch Call Me By Your Name at the begin, the very beginning of quarantine um, for the first time. And I thought that was a beautiful film. And I, yeah, we talked about Lady Bird. He was in that. Um, (laughs) You're like three steps away from a a hot take. (laughs) Wait, what's a film that I should watch with Timothy Shella? Shella. I always joke and like mess up his last name, but Shella. (laughs) Shella Shella Yeah. Um. It was the French Dispatch, but it's still set to be released for next year. Like, how did, yeah, how have you 
have you seen that? What do you know, Gabby? You've never been to a premiere. Sorry, I'm just excited yeah. for it. <laughs> yes, Wesley, our boy Wesley. Yeah, that's going to be great. Do y'all have a favorite, all-time favorite film? I know that's a difficult question, but the first thing that comes to mind. Spencer, just do the sign of the cross. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. I just, I start sweating when people do that. Like, I have to keep it in my notes app. Um, I think my all-time favorite is School of Rock. Yeah. Oh, man. Let's so rock, clever. rock today. Yeah. <laughs> let's rock, let's rock today. I, I actually just recently, or maybe like a few weeks back, I like just had on YouTube, I just like looked up every, I, I didn't even watch the movie again. Like I, I was just like looking up scenes, like specific scenes and like their final performance, stuff like that. And I was like, why am I doing this? But it was like, <laughs> and that brought me back to like when I first watched it. Good time. <laughs> that movie is iconic and for some reason my parents just I think we watched that so many times during my childhood and I think the funniest scene is the kid Freddie who is really quiet and um Mr. Schneebly's like Mr. Schneebly's like trying to get him to like insult him and he's like something about body odor <laughs> like I thought I that was a fat, a, you're a fat it. loser. You're a fat loser and you have, and you have yeah. body odor. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the funniest scene. And Jack Black was like, oh, <laughs> all right, all right. I yeah. remember watching that movie and really liking it and then like almost being feeling guilty because <laughs> a lot of my friends and like people that I knew that when it came out, you know, we were like listening to primarily hip-hop or like whatever rap music right and so watching that movie and I was like I really like this music and like I was listening to the soundtrack of my own and stuff like that and so I almost felt guilty at one point just like for enjoying it but then you know soon after I realized mm -hmm. who gives a fuck <laughs> about me I think it was all secretly our dream that that would that would happen to us like a sub would yeah. come in and like yeah ah, today's rock band day and like get the principal drunk like the whole writing like the whole exact arc <laughs> of it is so so genius i love that movie so much no for yeah, real i feel like i i remember all the little like when he's like step off <laughs> like i remember all those little lyrics <laughs> but i love that film how about you gabby oh this is all this is also a very hard question for me um, honestly, anything by Christopher Nolan. He's like my all-time favorite director. I just, I love his films. I love his style of directing and just like, it's a very visual experience too, which I very much enjoy. Um, I'd say my favorite Christopher Nolan film is Inner Cellar. Mm. Have you guys seen it? Yeah. I have not seen it. So okay. I, I was going to talk about the plot twist, but <laughs> never mind. I was I so good. I need to watch it though. There's actually quite a few films that like are on my list that I need to still watch. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay, Gabby. Movie. Be honest. Did you actually understand Tenet? Honestly, no. Okay. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I, you for being guys, honest. I've seen it three. I've seen it three times. Um, in the past like three weeks, I still don't get it. <laughs> Wait. So Spencer, you get it? I haven't seen no. it. No. Okay. Nobody gets it. Damn. Is yes. what I've heard. <laughs> yes. Even the actors. Like Robert Pattinson, he was like, yeah, I should yeah. get it. Didn't he say like nine <laughs> months into filming, he had no clue what was going on? <laughs> no, but I like movies me, like that. I like movies that make you think. Still figuring it out. Does that one make you think or does it insult your uh, intelligence? <laughs> Maybe both. 
I okay. Are you one of those people though that like you have to know, you have to know and understand everything about a movie to like really enjoy it? No. No. Okay. I yeah, so. I, I would say the same thing too, because as I feel like a lot of Christopher Nolan's movies is like it leaves you just like thinking. You're like, mm-hmm. I only get it, but I feel something about it, and that's good enough in a way. <laughs> yeah. I think- but what I what I appreciate. Sorry. Wait, no. Go <laughs> what I appreciate it. about um these like intellectually stimulating movies is just like the conversations you could have with people afterwards. It's just fun to talk about and just like theorize about with your friends or your family. Mm-hmm. For real. No, I was just thinking about like iconic experiences in the movie theater. And I would say my favorite experience was watching Get Out in theater because I went in not even knowing what the premise was and I had no idea what to expect. And it was like a packed theater. And that was the first time that I experienced like a standing ovation in the theater. Like everyone was just standing and clapping when hopefully no one has not seen it. But when I think he just like shoots her or something like it was just I felt like the energy in the theater but I think Jordan Peele's other movie Us was one of those films where I was like I don't really know like I still don't really like fully understand it but it's a good conversation topic so I don't know if y'all have watched Us that one was a bit more vague and ambiguous so I totally agree and I'm jealous of the get out experience um and because I didn't um get to go see that in theaters I was like made a point to go see in the first week us uh when that can't come out and I think people yeah there was no standing ovation because I think people are like there's almost too much to think about um but I I I I went home that was one where I had to read a lot and then I appreciated oh this is a really deep um conversation commentary on capitalism and a ton of other underlying things that weren't as sort of um explicit as race relations were in get out and stuff but still really meticulously um well done so yeah mm-hmm. i'm a, i'm a huge stan of um mr peel and we'll just I'm, i vow like anytime he's gonna make something i have to go see it now for sure yeah for real can i just say lupita nyong'o's acting in that movie was so good mm. i was scared yeah. her. I was just yeah. like, it was scary it was a scary movie that she- twist at the <laughs> end I was yeah. not expecting that personally. Like, that Wait, that gave Julie, me like a gross feeling. Oh yeah. Julie, what's your favorite movie? Um, my favorite movie. I just recently rewatched it just to make sure like it hits the same. But mine <laughs> is Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and I think I'm just a sucker for anything that brings up those feelings of nostalgia and. I know that for other folks, there's a lot of plot holes and it just doesn't like, I think for very logical thinkers, it's like, that doesn't make sense or how can that be? But I personally just really liked, um, I don't know, I just thought it was a really unique movie and I think it's beautifully filmed and I think just the meaning behind it, like I love how it makes me feel personally. So that's my favorite film. And it's on Netflix again, so I recommend if anyone hasn't watched it. But how about you? Wait, Clarence, you haven't watched that, have you? I have. Oh, you have? Okay, just kidding. What's yours? I'm trying to come at me. <laughs> no, I was just making sure. Um, yeah, I feel like I have... Uh, it's a hard question, too. Okay. I, I did really enjoy watching You had all this time to think about it. I know. <laughs> no, I was just like, 
I was I was rambling. <laughs> um, I really liked uh, the Dark Knight Rises, which is kind of corny. But I've not seen any of the Batman films. So those that trilogy was directed by Christopher Nolan, and yes. I think a lot of people like the one with the Joker. Um, mm-hmm. But I personally like the one, the last one, just because like I don't know, like first of all, it's a long ass movie. It's like almost three hours, I think, and. Mm-hmm there's a portion of it when like Batman's not even in it and it's like I don't know I just liked how they broke the character down and then like how he came back to it and then it's like it's like honestly like a classic hero's journey but it still works <laughs> for me so that was it and I you know like I'm a like I love action movies and like superhero movies but I don't like necessarily the the corny shit you know and I thought that they did it really well like it wasn't corny at all I gotta say, Wonder Woman was really bad, in my opinion. Yeah, wait, 80, Wonder Woman 1984? Yeah, yeah I, I actually, I, agree. I didn't even make it to the end of the film. I watched it with my family on Christmas, and all of us were just not very impressed. <laughs> even my grandparents, they were like, what is happening? Like, I don't know. I personally wasn't impressed, but. I mean, compared to the first one, right? Like, it was nowhere near as exciting, I think. It's interesting because even the first one didn't hit very well for me, personally. I I saw lots of women sharing their testimonies about the film, like how emotional they felt seeing such amazing, powerful women on screen. But I don't know. I I definitely still admire that, but it it wasn't like a huge personal, like, revelation when I I watched it in theaters as well. but I don't know. I just thought that like there was such a lack of fighting. <laughs> yeah, I think just like, the production is just not up to like when she's just whipping that lasso. It just I don't know. <laughs> it, it, she was flying for like ten to fifteen minutes. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. DC stays taking L's. Like Batman versus Superman was so bad. Green Lantern was, was awful. Feel? Like. All of their characters mm-hmm. suck. The only good thing they've ever done is the Dark Knight Rises. In my opinion, it's like the DC versus Marvel conversation is not even one for me. It's mm-hmm. like Marvel just kick, kicks their ass 24-7 and then they try to do something and it's almost always just, I don't know. It, that's just me, but they never come with anything super strong. And it's like Batman versus Superman, like so awful. Why are they fighting each other? That was who who asked for that? I was genuinely so confused during that film, and I was like, "How is this real?" (laughs) Honestly, like I I feel like their delivery of like the way that people or what people want from the movies aren't like what they're thinking of when they're producing it because it's it just seems like it's like either you lean fully into the director's vision and like go that kind of like almost like an art house film in a way um or like you do what marvel is doing like it's all just kind of like fanfare and like mm-hmm. and just like family friendly movies but i don't know because i i what i do appreciate about the dc movies is that they're a little bit darker and i'm like that's a good like thing because like if you do exactly what marvel is doing like why would we watch that you know it's like the same mm-hmm. shit and like honestly i am getting a little bit tired of all of marvel's movies like I, I still go watch it, unfortunately, but 
like it's it's just getting so it's like a formula and they, yeah. they mastered it i would say you know yeah i i think definitely something that kind of not necessarily like a huge taste breaker but something that was different from marvel was into the spider-verse and i thought that was an amazing film it was so beautiful and i i have a lot of friends that are into or that are animators or illustrators and how there is like a stigma attached to animated films that it's more like childish and not as serious but there's so many animated films that are so beautiful like Aiden talked about Spirited Away. I recently rewatched that. Has has everyone seen that? It's mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. And I recently watched Soul. I saw some screenshots on Twitter of that. That movie had different. It has everyone seen that? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Pixar is just That's... they never miss. They never miss. <laughs> For real. I was just like, me, like thinking about my life and my purpose. <laughs> Seriously, they literally address existentialism. And I was like, what is happening? Like watching it. But yeah, I think I've definitely um, have grown to admire so much animated films and how much how much care goes into those films for real. But I'm curious as to like, Spencer, I know that you manage IU and wanted to talk a little bit about that because I know that they're dropping their new project they just dropped a single standing still is it standing Standing in the silence (laughs) oh shit it's close it's close (laughs) wait i listened to it a lot though this past standing in the silence but i would love to hear a little bit about your experience um with iu and future projects but yeah yes um it's been great Uh, i love all the people that's why i joined a uh, combination of believing in the individuals behind the music and the creation and everything, plus just like being a fan. Uh, first time I ever saw them was at this contest called Sound Off. Um, many people at UW were introduced to them in the house show scene, but for me, I went um, as sort of a music industry fan, you know, just of general, like, oh, who are the up and coming bands in Seattle? Everyone's talking about this, these guys, IU from down, like, you know, they lived next door to me. So it's like, went down to Museum of Pop Culture, Mopop, and saw them and they won. And right after they performed, I went up to Scott Elder, my friend, and sort of the ringleader there over at IU. And I said, you guys are going to win. And he said, don't jinx it. I said, it's already done. Like, you got, you got it. You're so much better than everybody else. Um, and then I also ran into him at a free Mac DeMarco show at KEXP. And then we chatted about our respective music industry backgrounds and stuff. And then eventually took him out to Thai food and said, oh, I would love to manage you guys. And since then, been doing it for just uh, almost about two years now. Um, The song we released on New Year's Day was the first thing we had put out um, in over a year. It is sort of the product of everybody um, being apart for um, the quarantine and sending in their various recordings and stuff. And I don't really know how the tech works, but pretty miraculous that they didn't record that all together it's each like you know five different computers they all have their different mics and stuff um the project's name itself is five lives to a circle and it's uh five unique singles that we're not calling an ep or anything but they'll be released every other friday and then yes beginning uh, on the first of the year so we have two months of up and up upcoming new music um so hopefully everyone wears out this first single in these two weeks plays it a lot like jubilee is and then you'll get another one and then another one after that and then two more after that so yeah 
That's what we've been working on. Um, a big letdown was not being able to tour. Um, that would have been last spring break. So ultimately COVID crept up and just like every other band in uh, North America in the world, we had to cancel something we were very much looking forward to. Um, but we got some stuff in the works that we're trying to do some long-term planning for. Uh, the next sort of piece is just like the transition out of a lot of people are going to be graduating. So we're no longer a UW band. It'll be like, do people stick around? Are they going to go pursue their computer coding or like, so that's sort of the difficult questions we have coming up. So you, you said that you guys are dropping a single every two weeks. Is that just like a way to combat? I guess, you know, when we get new music nowadays, like we just go through it so fast and then that's like old news. Is that kind of the, the thinking behind that? Yeah, I think one of the, one of the things that I always found with IU is it was either um, it was just a very like sporadic um, levels of hype. Either everybody was talking about us. We had just come off a house show. We had just released music or it was just dead air, nothing on the airwaves, just radio silence from us. And I thought a way that we could work around that is not by just dropping an EP, but like just sort of stringing it out. You get two months of new music and it's, yeah, it's truly only five songs. That's like what an EP would be. But during that time, the bands can be posting a lot, a lot of content creation. They can be writing other songs. So the break in between when the fifth single is released and then whatever we do next, that is shorter. Um, we want to do some video work, maybe even like uh, after all five singles are released, have fan voting as to which one we do a full production music video for. So we're talking about some ideas like that. But yeah, that was that was part of it. And the other thing was just like, we want to cheat the algorithms because we're all about that money. Yeah, <laughs> so. where'd you get that from? Uh, that that I I ordered that for the music video. We got fake hundreds coming. Just kidding. It's just, um, yeah, I don't know. We're trying to get those streaming numbers up. So if you see me looping it overnight, uh, don't text. No, actually, for real, I I saw because I'm off Instagram right now, so I didn't actually know that they dropped it. But I saw you listening to it, so then I I was like, oh, I don't think I've that name isn't familiar. So it's really good and. I got to listen to some older tracks too. And I don't know about Clarence and Gabby, but I do think the IU house shows kind of defined like my sophomore year in college. Like I first went to, I think a couple of them and they were super memorable. And I got to meet a lot of cool people from there. And um, I think I mostly met IU through like Billy. I knew Billy, so the drummer, but. No, I'm in the same boat with Spencer. I saw them at Sound Off. Um, oh, I went with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I remember just seeing, I, I also remember them performing at Spring Show one year. Yeah. So it was, yeah, I just like was amazed that they're uh, a Udo band, you know, at the time and for now. But that's really cool. Gabby, I, I was going to ask you from a marketing <laughs> perspective. <laughs> in the way that the music is rolling out, like, would you agree that mm -hmm. it's, it's a smart kind of like way to combat how fast we um, mm -hmm. go through music nowadays? Um, okay. <laughs> careful. I this, I, uh, yeah, I'm trying to be careful. I'm trying, I'm um, trying to spark some beef right now. I'm my words. <laughs> I, okay, yeah, I get the reasoning behind it. Cause yes, we do blow through music super, you know, super quickly um 
but I think, okay, people have different strategies. Some people wait for a long ass time to release music and that in itself just like builds more hype. But I think for uh, IU and just like the, I'm sure like you guys have like a really loyal fan base. It's like a treat to have you guys just like consistently releasing music. And that's something that they're going to be looking forward to every two weeks. So yeah. it could and go that, both ways. I'd I say. think it's <laughs> super unique too. Like people will be kind of eager for the next one. Like I'm curious as to what the next few songs will be. And also I think Instagram as a platform has really shifted during quarantine. And it's, it's really hard to see things from the things that you want to see honestly like I I don't know about y'all but my feed was hella blocked with advertisements and sponsors that I feel like I couldn't even see my friends posts or the people that I admire like their work very like it was kind of like I had to search for it so I don't know I'm excited for the next couple drops and I think especially when COVID is over it'll be so celebratory to have that one event to kick it off and have all those new songs too mm-hmm. absolutely yes. yeah i have Each yet song. to go to a house show so <laughs> i want to go to a house show that sounds really dope I, i've never been to one either. it was like every single time so packed like pe- they would have to like sometimes turn people away just because it would be at like some someone's living room and i, I was I-, I was at the wrong parties software yeah, where were you <laughs> I was I was at somewhere I don't even know where I was. <laughs> I think my, one of my favorite ones was the one with the string lights outside. Mm-hmm. That one was really the the fuck your kickbacks were always yeah. insane. That was, I think that was the biggest show we ever played. The second one, we just posted all these photos from it as sort of a thank you to all the people we're missing the most. Those images are from the second fuck your kickback in like I want to say uh, October of 2019. And I think the final clicker number through the door, it was an outdoor place. It was something like 550 or 600 people. Wow. And like just jammed into a backyard. It was, uh, the cops got called. It was, yeah, it was yeah. wild. That was also the first show um, that I like worked with them. Mm-hmm. So like, hey, come come through, you know, you gotta, you gotta, my first thing that I had to do is like, you need to get us an exit strategy. Like there's cops out there get us out of here Spencer and I was like oh my gosh <laughs> a fun first assignment <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy I yeah. man that sounds like a lot of fun I wish I could have made it to one of those hopefully it'll happen it's not too late yeah, yeah. also yeah. I want to get a quick shout out into the Spotify friend tab um uh I have a pal Joey right now who's listening to POV you're a turkey and you just got pardoned our Thanksgiving <laughs> AME <laughs> mix <laughs> right now i can see her just going through it the whole time so um shout out to the people that curated that playlist mm-hmm. us. <laughs> us, us yeah no. that's that's one of my uh, self-care routines is making a playlist it just really mm-hmm. or or it just like reflects how i'm feeling and i'm like oh damn i am kind of sad right now <laughs> <I'm> like, <"Shit." laughs> i Sabrina re- recently tweeted this. Sabrina was the old director of Annie, but I think she said like my self care is making a bunch of playlists, but then they all like are they're the exact same playlist, basically just in a different order. Because I totally be doing that. Like I'll just be like, oh, I'll just add this one song because I I love this song. But then I I just add the same songs. So yeah, I don't know. That's kind of like a good segue to song of the week, but I don't. How are we doing on time, Clarence? 
Uh, we're about 45 minutes in, almost. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, before we wrap up, I want to, I'm curious the, um, who your dream guest is for arts and entertainment. And let's just say, let's just pretend that we're in a COVID-free world and it's it's a in-person event. And Do everyone's you- playing for free. Yes, and there's no budget, no limits whatsoever. Um, your dream guest, and it can be like, like a, a band, like not just a single person too. So who wants to start? Or, or should we do like a dream spring show? So like you could choose three. Mm-hmm. three oh, guests. yes. How about, how about, here's a good one. How about just like one headliner, one opener? That, let's okay. not build a four okay. person okay. build, but that gives you <laughs> that. So one realistic name, one, mm-hmm. you know, dream name. Mm-hmm. What is Flo Millie? She'd probably be a headliner, right? That was. <laughs> <laughs> um, last time when we were picking up posters from Spencer, Spencer said that he would think me and Phil Millie would be good friends. <laughs> I still do. I, I can see do. that. Hi. <laughs> y'all, y'all will get into a little trouble, but good trouble, you know. Wait, I can start this off because Flo Millie was my, I think like a feasible headliner like that made sense in the time when we were planning our variety show in the fall and I think even next year if it's in person I think she could still be a really good option. Flo Millie is for those of you that don't know she's she's a really um young like female rapper that just um got in the game she's I think 18 or 19 um most people probably know her songs from tiktok i think that's where her career really started and picked up um but i love flo millie and i think as an opener i would have i think to to blend in with the female rap scene i would have audrey nuna who is like a a very new female rapper and R&B, I think somewhat alternative R&B artist. She just started rapping, didn't she? Yeah, and I was like, it's kind of good. So I would That's say wild. Audrey Nuna with a U, I think. And she was also recently on like Dumbfounded's podcast and I'm a big fan of his um, podcast. So I would say that I also love Ravina, but she's also like a different type of mood. So who's next? I can go next to give you guys more time. Yeah. Um. Okay, for an opener, I know it's like a little bit big at this point, maybe, but I wanted Steve Lacey. I think that'd be mm. fire. Um, he just dropped a new project recently, which I really enjoyed. Um, and I also really liked his his other album, Apollo mm. 20. <laughs> I forgot the number. <laughs> what's, his new, what's his new project called? Like the Lo-Fi's or what was it? It's like the Lo-Fi tapes or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that one, that project a lot. And then for like the big guest with no budget or with unlimited budget, um, I want Kid Cudi. Phoebe comes through on the feature too. You also get her as the package seal. You get all the features. I can't. So I was looking at the rating on Pitchfork of his album and it was like so low. And I was like, what? what? I, I thought it was so good. His album. Do you um, think it's better than Kids See Ghosts? I think. I don't know. It's different. different. 
sure. I would sure. say like, yeah, it, it's, it's hard to say just because there's a lot of uh, uh, pressure for this like the most recent album to kind of encapsulate the trilogy, you know? And so I can see why yeah. like people's expectations might've been extremely high. But um, I do remember I, I got a, this is the only reason why I keep Snapchat, but like I get memories every once in a while. And then um, I went to a Kid Cudi concert, like I think a year ago or two years ago. And just like being there and like, I took a video of him humming. <laughs> I was like, ah! I was like, <laughs> in the background, I was like screaming. <laughs> but yeah, that'd be a dream guest for me. Um, Spencer or Gabby, any any one of you ready? <laughs> that would be pretty sick. Um, yeah, I could go. Um, some of these won't be a shock and maybe a name you guys have heard. I think a good up and coming thing that would be fun is I would love to get a British artist. I think that's just so fun to like put them in front of an American crowd and one of the up and coming bands I see creating some waves are these kids uh, out of Dublin called Inhaler. And uh, as chance would have it, the lead singer's um, dad is Bono, but he's cooler than his dad for sure. So, and like, they're still, it's weird. They're underground, they're small, but it would fit really well with the college scene. Some, some, some cuties from Dublin. I think they, they would do well. They would do well with the Seattle crowd. Um, and then just sort of to keep that same sort of feel, uh, and this will be to nobody's surprise, I think the Strokes um, for a headlining set, they only ever play like an hour anyway, but after seeing them in Seattle and seeing how many young people were there, that could have been because all the old people dumped their tickets because of COVID, but it really did feel like the median age was like 23 at that show, which was cool because everybody on stage was like 40, um, but they're like the coolest old people uh, that would still do really well in a in a college sphere. I would say they're like the they're like the pusha T of rock, you know, like sort of a little bit old head, <laughs> but like still like would definitely have like that clout and aren't like over the hill or washed up or anything. It's like so a, that's a dealing rock music. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> All right, Gabby, take okay. us home. What's the bill? Hmm. Okay, uh, as an opener, I'm a really big fan of a wonder. Mm, are they, I can't tell if they're like big enough or like too small. I don't know. But uh, maybe a dream headliner would probably be like Travis Scott or something. <laughs> be super fun. Just a dream. I just think of just him like. <sighs> did you did you get to see him when he came to Seattle or Tacoma? I did. I, yeah, I yeah I did. I went with like my freshman roommate, and it was like super hype. It was so fun. I almost died at that concert. That was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I bring this up, but when we, I think it was the Pusha T, wait, so we, Pusha T and Rich the Kid was two years back. That was the Eden Spring show, yeah. Last spring we had SOB and Weathen. That was the one I almost got trampled at and Clarence saved me. Like I literally, my friend and I actually almost got trampled. Um, That was like a really interesting. You're welcome. Oh yeah, by, by the way, thank you. I've never seen Clarence like actually concerned. <laughs> like that was the first time I think I saw like fear in his eyes and then he was like, okay, wait, she's actually about to get smashed. I was like, if Jubilee gets stomped out right now, like <laughs> I don't know if she'll make it to, I don't know, next quarter. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, but yeah, I think Clarence and I have had such an a great past quarter and I'm excited to continue to see what y'all will do. I'll obviously be in really close 
proximity. Like I talked to Clarence, like no, really all you're out, you're out, <laughs> you're banished. <laughs> but um, yeah, we are just super happy to, um, or like Clarence and I are just really blessed to have been part of a great team, especially working under such unideal circumstances. Like we really made it work. Um, but yeah, before we end, we're going to quickly do songs of the week. And this is just a song that has helped you get through the week. Something that's on repeat. I feel like I know what Spencer's might be, but I don't know. Um, but <laughs> Clarence, do you want to start? Sure. Um, so my, my song of the week is Doomsday by Eric Doom, Rest in Peace. Um, he passed away on Halloween, which is quite fitting for him. Um, but yeah, I just... I got a poster recently from Stone Stone's Throw Records of him, and I don't know. It's just like crazy. Like I think the coolest rapper ever is like him. You know, like just the mask is so iconic, and yeah, he's like your your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. So yeah. uh, that's my song of the week. You should check it out if you haven't heard it. It's like I think it's like his most popular song. So yeah. I'm sure if you hear it, you probably be like, oh. I've heard this before, but yeah. Um, Spencer, do you want to go next? Yeah, so dope. That's, yeah, an in, in, insurmountable loss right there. Um, I really got into like Mad Villain a little bit sort of through the Fantano stuff. So I'm not sure if I'm a full-on fan or anything, but every time he's on, I'm just like, he's doing things that nobody else is doing. And it's cool. Yeah. He's actually started also in that Pusha T category. Like he was older, way too young to leave us but older and still innovating and still hip with the kids and everything so that just shows you yeah his versatility as an artist and and controlling sort of his private life and behind the mask and everything I think is so genius that so many artists get caught up and yeah I have um, infinite respect for everything he did while he was here and what his, his records will continue to do um, so that's a great choice he was, he was doing what Sia was doing now <laughs> yeah yeah um I gotta do it. I slash slash you. I slash 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 you. I you. Uh, standing in the science silence is getting me. Has been getting me through the week. Uh, it's a really beautiful, cool tune. Sort of melancholy, sort of upbeat. Um, little preview. Next song, we're going like way more swaggy, way more sort of uh, upbeat. So keep an eye out for that. But until then, keep enjoying standing in the silence. Yes, sir. Gabby. Okay, since I mentioned a wonder, I've been listening nonstop to Keep On Dancing. Mm. Um, super good song. I think, you know, like with the, weird, the, the year that we just had and so much uncertainty for 2021, I think it's a good reminder that we just, you know, keep on keeping on and just like mm -hmm. dance through it. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. Can't wait to dance with you all one day. <laughs> we just like yeah, socially distance, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um, but yeah, I can close this off. I feel like we haven't recorded an episode since the drop, but mine is obviously Good Days by SZA because that song just was dropped at a perfect time. And I think not only me, but so many people resonate really deeply with it. And also Jacob Collier is like the background vocals and it, their voices are just really nice together. And I'm hoping that SZA will drop her album, next album sometime this year. I low-key thought she's gonna drop it on New Year's, but not <laughs> quite yet. 
but that's my song of the week and probably song of the year <laughs> of this year probably your uh your tiktok <laughs> of you floating <laughs> is yeah, I, I filmed this tiktok of me it's like how i feel listening to SZA and it's me like levitating <laughs> would you say you were up in the air <laughs> cut it there cut it there End it. End it. <laughs> Gabby, Spencer, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a beautiful conversation and a great way to start the year. It's always yeah, yeah. We'll see you at work. We'll see you at work on Monday. <laughs> All right. Be well, y'all. Thank you so thank much. You. And Thanks for having us. We'll see you all on the next episode. Peace.